Well, hello, fellow travelers on this life's journey. Welcome. My name is Pastor Mike, and I want to welcome you to our second episode of Life Anonymous at FJLC. This podcast is a ministry of Faith Journey Lutheran Church here in beautiful 91 degrees, uh, West Fargo, North Dakota, and it is July 3rd today, so we are one day away from July 4th uh, celebrations. I know a lot of folks are up at the lake or planning 4th of July parties, so we wanted to get our podcast out this week, so maybe if you're uh, not around, you can uh, listen to it or you can watch it, whatever works best for you. Now, what we are about in this podcast is to talk about life and faith and where those two things intersect. And for us as believers, for us as disciples, we believe very strongly that our life and our faith intersect in many places. We don't believe our lives are compartmentalized. That is to say, we don't believe that part of our life is meant to be spent doing church things, and part of our life is meant to be doing non-church things. You know, a lot of our things are compartmentalized. Uh, A lot of us go to work. Um, We don't bring that work home, or at least we're not supposed to. Um, So we like to leave work at work, and home is for home. But that's different for the believer, because for the believer, Faith intersects our lives everywhere, whether we're at home, whether we're playing, whether we're on vacation, whether we're at work, wherever we are, our faith is still a big part of who we are and what we do. We always try to ask the question as believers, we always try to ask the question, what does this mean? What does it mean that I'm baptized? What does it mean that I am called to be part of the church, the community, the body of Christ? And what does it mean that I still have my own struggles, I still have my own rough edges, I still have those parts of who I am that don't match up with who I have been called to be? So in Life Anonymous, because we, like many of our brothers and sisters in 12-step groups, know that we are in recovery from that old life, from that old way of living, from that life that is centered on me and what's good for me and doing what I want and what feels right to me, and we strive sometimes day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour, to turn our backs on that old way of living and turn more into uh, what God has called us to be, the life that God has called us into. So that's what we talk about here. And if you'd like to support our podcast, you can. There's several ways you can do that. You can, of course, mail in a check to Faith Journey Lutheran Church at 127 2nd Avenue East in West Fargo, North Dakota, 58078, and put in the memo portion, uh, unrestricted. That means your gift can go anywhere to support all of the ministries of the church. Or if you'd like to specifically support this podcast, you can put podcasts and social media in the uh, memo portion of your check. Uh, Online, if you're watching me right now, you're probably now seeing one of those funky-looking square boxes with a lot of uh, X's or or colored-in boxes in there, those those weird-looking things. Those are called QR codes uh, or digital links. You can take your camera out. If you have a smartphone right now, I don't have mine with me, uh, 
You could take it out, open up your camera app, and then hold your camera app right up to the screen, and your camera will read that digital link and open up, or at least give you the option to open up, uh, right to our giving page uh, on our website. If you're listening to us, go to our website, www.growinfaith.org, and scroll down to the bottom of the page, all the way down. Just keep going, going, going until you can't go anymore. And down in that footer portion of our page, you'll see the uh, link to support FJLC and its many ongoing ministries. Click here. That will also take you to our giving page. On your phone, you can uh, text FJLC Give to 77977, and that will also take you to our giving page. And if there's a way in which you want to support this ministry that I didn't get a chance to, to mention, give us a call, shoot us an email, moberg at growinfaith.org, and we'll attend to that as soon as we can. Before we get into our topic, I want to quickly mention that the Heart and Soul Community Cafe will be visiting Faith Journey on July 18th uh, after the 1030 worship service. Heart and Soul is a nonprofit. Uh, they run a food truck, um, and their mission is to provide locally sourced, grown, fresh food in a pay-as-you-can model. So it's really designed to uh, be a way in which you, you come and enjoy their food, and then you pay whatever you can pay. And if that is little to nothing, that's okay. And so there's a, we'll probably have guests joining us. And so uh, really encouraging everyone to hang around uh, after worship and be part of the Heart and Soul Cafe. We're looking to partner with them moving into the future. And this is a good way to get to learn about what they do and what their mission is. So last week, we were talking a lot about one of the central questions of our faith. And that is, how do I know? You might remember Whitney Houston's big hit in 1985 by the same title. Now, the pre-chorus in uh, those lyrics, which were written by Robert Merrill, Michael Walden, and Shannon Rubicam, uh, the pre-chorus has these lyrics. Tell me how will I know? And then there's uh, an echo. Don't trust your feelings. How will I know? How will I know? Love can be deceiving. How will I know? Now, not too many people depend on Whitney Houston to unlock, unlock the deep mysteries of life in the universe, or any pop singer for that matter, but many songs ask us many deep questions. And in her case, the point she's making there, I think, is well taken, especially when it comes to our faith and what our faith means for in our lives. Because as I said before, faith and life are intricately connected. There is a spiritual maxim. I don't know how well known it is, but I've I heard about it in seminary, and it's been part of, of my thinking ever since, that goes something like this. It says, as you think about God, so will you think about yourself. And as you think about yourself, so shall you think about everyone else. In Proverbs 27, we are told that as a person thinks, so they shall be. And I think a lot of people can kind of resonate with that. If one thinks themselves to be a failure, they will be a failure. Uh, 
If someone thinks that they're bad at math, they'll be bad at math. If someone thinks that they can never ride a bike, never lead a Bible study, never read scripture, never serve on council, never be a lay leader in a church, those things just will never happen. That will be a reality that we live into because of our thinking. We have thought ourselves into that reality. And so I believe God, throughout all of Scripture, puts these ideas out there, like, as one thinks, so shall they be, so that we are reminded that our relationship with God, our relationship with the church, our relationship with Christ, is not intended just to be a mental or emotional exercise. It has an influence. How we think about these things have an influence on what kind of life we live in the world and around the world, and that's really important. So yes, we want to have an emotional experience in our faith life. That's true. But we don't want our faith life just to be limited to an emotional experience, not because I say so, but because God says so. Again, in Romans 12, the Apostle Paul says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that as your minds have been renewed and transformed by God, each person may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. So it's more than just that fuzzy feeling in the heart. It's more than just uh, being around a campfire and holding hands and being being uh, uh, drawn to tears over over certain topics or certain subjects. God asks us to go a step deeper, to really experience the totality of our Christian faith. We have to allow God not just to transform our hearts, but to transform our minds so we think about things differently. And when we do that, when we think about things differently, we'll be able to discern the will of God. We will be able to know what God wants in our lives, and we'll also be able to tell what is good and acceptable and perfect. So it seems to me that we're being told that our faith is not just limited to emotional or spiritual components, that the part of the Christian life that is lived out in what you and I might call real life, that's life outside the church, that's life at your job, life at school, life doing other things that don't really necessarily link up to the religious, we are encouraged to think. As my stepmother would always say that Jesus came to take away our sins and not our common sense. God wants us to think. God wants us to reason. God wants us to struggle. God wants us to debate. God wants us to see uh, scripture and really dive into it and really see what is this telling me for today. So back to Whitney's pre-chorus of her song, How Will I Know? She's asking a very good Lutheran question. I have no idea if she's raised Lutheran, but she's asking a great Lutheran question. How do I know? And that voice behind the lyrics warns her, don't trust your feelings. And then love can be deceiving. Now, I believe one of the greatest gifts that God has given humanity is the gift of feeling. Um, think of all the things in your life that involve feelings and emotions and connections with other people. That's how we connect with people. people. There's a word for people who are devoid of feeling. There's a word for people who cannot connect to other people that have no connection, no sympathy, no empathy. They're called sociopaths. 
These are people who make up a large quantity of uh, some of the most notorious criminals and serial killers in the history of the United States. And part of the reason that uh, they are so terrible is that they have no feeling for their uh, victims, those people that they swindle out of millions of dollars or those people from whom they take their lives, um, they don't have any feeling. They can't empathize. They can't, they can't connect with them. So feelings are very powerful and they're very much a necessary part of our lives. But there's another side to feelings, and that is the deceptive side to our feelings. We can be so emotionally connected to an event or to a person or to a thing that we no longer have the distance that we need in order to make good choices. Um, I think our youth who are listening to us today know this all too well. Uh, they call it peer pressure. Um, they get youth get drawn into wanting to be accepted so desperately that their feelings, their desire for acceptance kind of overrule all logic. Um, we see this a lot in relationships that are called enmeshed, that one or both of the people are so closely drawn together that it leads them to do some pretty, pretty dangerous and unhealthy things simply because of that enmeshment, that strong feeling uh, for each other that they're sharing. There can be things that have taken over our lives because of emotions and feelings that we have for them. Um, I'm sure you could probably think of many things, uh, either that you have experienced or that you know someone who has experienced, who uh, whose total thinking process and, and the way in which they act and the way in which they make their decisions have been taken over by their feelings. Then that song, that Whitney Houston song, makes an even more uh, powerful claim. Uh, it warns us that... that uh, uh, we can be deceived by our feelings, but then it also warns us that there's possibly something much, much more uh, that can come into our lives and be a part of. That love itself can deceive us. We can be deceived by love. Now, to be specific, I don't know if she's talking about this, but I certainly am. We can be, can be deceived by the love that humans share. God cannot deceive us in God's love. God is incapable. It's, it's, it's antithetical to God's nature to uh, deceive us, to uh, lead us down a wrong path. Remember, the Bible says that all things work for good uh, in God, that God is, is the source of good. God is intrinsically good. God is, is by God's very nature good. So God, it's an antithetical to God's existence that God would deceive us in love. But I think in our lives, there is a hard fact of life that many times we have to reckon with, and that is emotions while they are a powerful gift that God has given us, and I'm glad that God has given us emotions, um, are not to be trusted fully, completely, 100%. We need to have something else. Even God does not act, asks us to accept the Lord Jesus Christ or the reality of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit based solely on an emotional response. God doesn't talk about emotions. 
God doesn't say, uh, like the Jedi do, reach out with your feelings or use your feelings. No, even though those are a powerful part of our faith experience, God talks about our mind. In the New Testament alone, God, We are told about the mind or the head more than 456 times. 456 times. Uh, Jesus or or Paul or Peter or one of the other uh, gospel writers talk about the mind and how important that is to our faith life. God wants you to feel. God wouldn't give us feelings if God didn't want us to feel. But God doesn't want us to base our relationship with God on feelings alone. Because you know, and I know, that feelings are fickle. You know, and I know, that feelings change. You know, and I know, that we may feel one thing one day, and something may happen, and our feelings may completely change the other day. But facts of the mind do not change. Two plus two equals two, or four, excuse me. I need my daughter here to help me with my math. Two plus two equals four. And it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. It doesn't matter what planet you might be on. It has nothing to do with anything. It is a fact. Two plus two equals four. The math that works on Earth works in the stars. In fact, it was the math uh, of, of many people that, that allows us to travel into space, and it doesn't change up there. It doesn't all, the math doesn't change. It still works. The laws of physics, the laws of motion all work. Those are concrete. And God asks us to, yes, have our emotions and have our feelings, because those are part of us, but don't stop there. Don't stop there. Take it deeper. Take it into a deeper part of who we are. Let our minds be renewed by God so that we can think about things differently. And all of this, all of this, how do we know? How do we know? We know that God takes away all doubt. God just removes it. God won't let doubt be part of the equation, even so far as to take this whole, I do, I know, how do I know question and take it out of our hands and place it into the hands of Jesus. Ephesians 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God. So it's not about how you feel about it. It's a fact. It's a mathematical fact. This is a gift from God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what God has made us, created us in Jesus Christ to do good works. We're told by grace, by God's grace. Grace is defined many different ways. One of the best definitions of grace that I have read is this. The undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor of God. God just gives it to us. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can think. There's nothing we can pray. There is no way that we can somehow get that grace from God. God simply gives it to us because God loves you. God just pours it out. You don't have to confess the right confession. You don't have to do anything. God gives it to you. And how do you know that? 
Because I told you? No, because God tells you. God tells you that God loves you. Paul says in that in those two short verses from Ephesians that this whole thing, not just not just Jesus, but our whole life is not our doing. It is the gift of God. It's not the result of works. And then Paul says, guess what? You are what God made you to be. Not you will become it, or maybe someday you'll discover it. You are it. You are a beloved child of God. And this is God's doing. This is something that God does. And God asks, asks us not just to feel it, but to know it. Because in knowing it, that will change how we look at ourselves. And how we look at ourselves influences how we look at others. Now, I believe that God does not want us running around concerned only for ourselves, uh, trying to make sure that we're okay with God, because that only leads to a life of selfishness and self-centeredness. And as you know and I know, uh, those two things are not high on God's this-is-what-I-want-you-to-do-today list. Rather, I believe God wants us spending our time and our energy living and serving other people in ways in which bring abundance and excellence into their lives. Because if we think about God as the eternal scorekeeper, then we think about ourselves as never being good enough. And when we think ourselves as never being good enough, then we only think of others as a means to get what we want. We want favor with God. We want position with God. And other people are simply stepping stones along our pathway of achieving our goals. And I really don't think that that's what God wants. And I really don't think that we would call that living. That might be existing, uh, but it isn't living. Because what God wants us to experience is abundant life. What God wants us to experience is a better, more excellent way of living. A life free of anxiety and worry and doubt. A life of boldness. A life of working for the good things in life, like Heart and Soul Cafe who is bringing fresh food to people and only asking them to pay what they can. That's what God wants us to be doing in life, to be bringing the good. And bringing the good in life is a product of knowing that we are already okay with God. I don't have to worry about myself. I don't have to think about myself. I don't have to be concerned with myself because God's already taken that care of that. And God wants me so sure of it. God wants me so sure of it that God says, hey, I want to remind you, there's not a thing in this world, in heaven, on earth, above or below, that is ever going to get between me and you. You are that taken care of, and God wants you to know that it is that secure. I want to thank you for being with us today, and I pray that you have a wonderful 4th of July uh, celebration, and hopefully if you get Monday off, that it will continue into Monday, and we will see you again here real soon on the Life Anonymous podcast at FJLC. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you real soon. Bye-bye.